You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Mountain West Wire Football Podcast. Football Podcast Championship Edition here. We'll recap the game at Boise State versus Fresno State momentarily. MWR.com, that's our website. Twitter, MWCWire, Facebook. Hey, Matt, Kennerly. Apparently more people are stopping by our Facebook page, so thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. And, yeah, we had a great weekend of game. Ga- I-, I can't say games anymore. We had a great weekend of a singular game. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll- we got stuff to talk about. We will get to the game in a moment, the championship game, which was – the snow snow fest I dreamed for and actually happened late in the game. And I'll say how some of my projections were sort of right. So good, good on me, I guess I'll give myself a pat in the back, but first Matt, we got some news to take care of. All right. Um, Utah state fans. Are you okay? Are you guys cool? Anybody? I think it seems like based off of the people that we follow on Twitter or that follow us, it seems like they're, they're okay. Yeah. One guy, um, you know, Ben Phillips, right? He used to write with us a yes. while back. He yeah. sent me a DM and I don't know. It's kind of out of frustration. It's kind of like it sucks. It does suck to lose a coach because I've had to be a Utah guy when Urban Meyer left. Like that kind of sucks. Even though now I, I, don't, I could care less what he does with his life. But at the time, stay around. Other team teams in this situation, like when even when uh, Chris Peterson left, he's hung around forever. You'll have uh, Pete Fleck or what's it in the uh, – was it Pete Fleck rode the boat? P.J. Fleck, yeah. P, not P, yeah, P.J. Fleck. It happens. It sucks. But he put a tweet out there like – uh, let me see exactly what he said. It's a DM, but he had a public tweet here. Because um, Coach Wells responded to him. He's like, I don't know what the first response was, but like he's left behind, I guess, pay raises to hang around or something like that. But Coach Wells' response says, well, you've never been, you never passed up seven figures to bed. <laughs> Which is true. Well, I mean, I guess he's not wrong. No, and I, I get it. He's probably responding going through, and it's some fans are frustrated, but I don't know. It's a, it's a fine move because last time we talked, it was in speculation. And this was the only candidate out there from Texas Tech really looking at, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there's no other names coming out. Kirby Hokett said, like, oh, we want – kind of list off some tendencies, which he probably copied and pasted from any coach, AD or coach in the country because it's all the same stuff you want in a coach. Mm-hmm. But – so he's gone. And he's there's no word on the salary, but it was $3.8 million that Cliff Kingsbury is getting. Matt Wells is getting just over 900000 And so even if – them paying him $2 million is a significant increase. And him, you have their ultimate bro, David Yost, going with him as OC and the defensive coordinator as well as all going along to uh, Lubbock. Mm-hmm. So, and probably more offensive coaches as well. What yeah, do you think? It happens. It happens. I think most people, it's funny, the strength coach, you know the guy with the big mustache? Yeah. I think he's gone too, and people are really upset about him leaving. Oh, that's a bummer. Because <laughs> he got a good look. He got the walrus mustache. He's excited on the sidelines. So, um, do you? What do you think about Utah State? Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to fall off the map again? Not to be over overly dramatic at all. I mean, I don't think so. Because look at all of the pieces they have coming back, especially for an offensive minded up and comer. You have Jordan Love under center. You've mm-hmm. got both Darwin Thompson and Gerald Bright coming back next year. 
I think the only person from the receiving core that you're going to be losing is Ronquavian Tarver. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a very nice starter kit for someone who wants to come in, run a similar kind of system, and kind of keep things rolling. I think maybe there are a little more there are a few more questions on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but overall, I think that Utah State over the last decade has shown enough that it's a job with a lot of promise. So if they find the right guy, which is no matter who you are in the Mountain West Conference, that's always a little bit easier said than done. True. And it should be it's, they should be fine if it, they make the right hire. But, that, of course, it's always the big if. But here's the thing. They're not going to do what they were with Brent Guy years ago, where we said it before, where they go when they're in the Big West or they're independent, where they would not play a home. Basically, the Texas Southern edition of football, the basketball, where last year Texas Southern played mm-hmm. like the toughest. They're number one like in strength of schedule because they played every game on the road and played any good team. Of, I think they played a couple of Mountain West teams in their swing, but they were at San Diego State, at Texas, at – I think uh, Nevada, all these top-ranked teams at Gonzaga, I believe, at BYU, like back-to-back nights, and mm-hmm. they were to get money, and they did not play a home game until their conference played again when they had to play a home game. Utah State was playing Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma in the same year, would have home game till middle of October just to make rent or make have money to pay everything. They're not that. They're not going to fall off to being, what, 128 of 129. because They'll have blips, like with Matt Wells. They had two years that weren't very good. They had a three-win year and a six-win year, year. So... Mm-hmm. There is an issue offensive line. There's four of the five guys, but they, they'll they be okay, I think. It's not that big of a deal. They do lose Dax Raymond going to NFL. It's a kind of big loss, tight end, junior. But there, it's you're right. It's like a starter stuff's in place, and it, it could win. It's not like they're going to um, – one good job, it's like kind of related to like Buffalo. That Buffalo job is nearly impossible to win at, and they, the guy there now won 10 win, ten games. Yeah, and Lance Leopold went from Division three. Yeah. Well, and granted, it was Wisconsin Whitewater, which is Dominant. basically the best <laughs> D3 team in the entire country. Roll but, Tide Infinity. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it all comes down to just making the right hire. So I have a list. Our guy Logan put a list together. Do you have an idea of like what type of coach they should put in there? Uh well, I mean, I guess one guy you could consider is the guy who was supposed to be the interim, uh, Frank Mayle. Is that correct? Yeah, the defensive. I think he's he's like co-defensive coordinator, line coach, and some sort of assistant head coaching job. So he has to be top of the list, right? I would think he's at least in the conversation, especially with what he has been able to do on the defensive side of the ball in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a very brief rumor that Gary Anderson was getting close to being hired. And Where's my Dikembe Mutombo finger wag? That's not happening. That's not. Kinda, it's I mean, it's kind of interesting, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's his name's gonna be brought up, but that it's like I relate it to my other show. I do. We talk about this because it's in Salt Lake, and we're like, "Do you want to be John Robinson 2.0 at USC?" It rarely works unless you're Bill Snyder, who looks like he's gonna step down this morning. It's not gonna happen because it never. It rarely works out. So his name's gonna be brought up, but it's not gonna happen. Why would you also? Why would you leave a cushy? He's basically that new tenth assistant coach with Utah, where he's just kind of an assistant coach, kind of in, kind of like a consultant, but really get a head coaching job name or a coaching title, and he probably makes five hundred thousand dollars just to chill and be a defensive assistant. Well, I don't know. I mean, people leave big time programs, the analyst jobs, all the time. Like we see it literally once or twice every year with Alabama. I know, but he's actually a coach. He's not Mike Locks who would ever make it or Sarkeesian making twenty five grand as a consultant. He's actually a coach. Well, and plus the other thing you have to keep in mind is you know, whoever ends up with the job, 
right now it seems like they're going to end up with a, like a <laughs> stepping into a really good situation, not only with who's coming back, but who's coming in as well. Like if you look at 24 seven sports right now, Utah state is the number two class in the entire mountain West. Mm-hmm. And with the, what is it? Two and a half weeks to go now before the early signing period. Yeah. It's around that's the first a, that's a significant ball. deal. You know, the only team they're right there behind right now is Boise state, which is not really a surprise. Not a at all. So, you know, on the one hand, maybe it'll be a little bit tricky to keep the class together, but I don't think anybody coming into the job is going to complain with what Wells is leaving behind one no, way or the other. No, you got to build the offensive lineup, and they do lose 12 starters overall, so there's a decent amount, but they're always have, they finally figured out defensively what they're doing. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's – I'm, I'm going to pull up there. Is there a number because I'm pulling up because of the number of recruits they have, or is it actually like a good class? Well, right uh, now they have uh, 14 commits. Okay, so not too bad. Because there's like talk I hear about Purdue and Jeff Brom and his stuff. Like, well, they're number X in the country. It's because they already have like 25 guys. And yeah. it's weighted. So 14 is about just over half. And out of out of those 14, nine of them are rated three stars by 24-7. It's pretty good. And I poked around Twitter. Most of the guys are sticking around. They're like, oh, we're cool. But then you see Lubbock, like the, one of the top quarterbacks are bringing in. It's like, I'm out of here, folks, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, we'll say that because here's some names people should look out for. Because I don't think did we mention names last time? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. No, we mentioned Gary Anderson. For those who don't know, former Utah State head coach, went to Wisconsin, abruptly went to Oregon State to get out of the spotlight and flamed out. So he's going to be a heartfelt guy to look at. But I'm telling you, he's if he's the head coach, that would be the shocker of all shockers. I'd say. All right, but here's who should be considered. Okay, well, no, here's who will be contacted. People were giving us grief on Twitter when we mentioned Todd Orlando. You know, the Texas DC who was at Logan for a year or so. And they mm-hmm. got Dave Aranda at the same position at um, LSU. Here's the thing. He, they are both making a ton of money. I think Aranda's making $2 million a year. There are coaches, hard to believe, that will go from a coordinator making more money to, a, to their first, as I stressed, first head coaching job to take mm-hmm. a pay cut. It's not too often – or you'll see them go from like let's just say the pay was not like extravagant. Even going from Texas or LSU, DC to Utah State head coach, prestige wise, it's maybe not the most prestigious move to be honest. But if you want your first head coaching job, do you really want to turn down that first time you get the offer? Because it may never come again. And so I'm not saying these guys are going to do that or take the job. They could wait and maybe get a better first time head coaching job. But for people to tell us other people, oh, they're never going to be the job. They're never going to be contacted. They're going to be contacted. Because mm-hmm. Hartwell would be an idiot to not contact these guys. Are they oh, going yeah. are they going to come into town? Probably not. But they're going to be. But you never know. You never know. You don't. Why would you show your options? It's like when uh, Colorado State. There was some very small rumors about Rick Pitino. I don't know if they contacted him or not, but give it a shot, right? Why not? And so here's more realistic options, in my opinion. I don't think Orlando or um, Aranda is going to come back to Utah okay. State. One interesting name is Lance Anderson. Lance Anderson, Stanford defense coordinator. He coaches or recruits Utah for Stanford. Stanford's a pretty good place. Uh, yeah. Coaching with Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw, really good college coaches. And I think he did some at Utah as well. Um, I think he's uh, like an LDS guy, so he knows about mission stuff, which is a big deal because Utah State has second most behind BYU. I think 28 other guys mm-hmm. took that two-year stint to go away and come back. So there's that he knows about. Um, we also have, uh, I guess, Matt Lubick. Lubick? Washington co-OC, but after watching the Pat 12 title game, do you want any Washington offensive coach? 
<laughs> what, do, what do you mean? Did anybody actually watch the Pac-12 title game? I, I did. I was partially I, for work, and my team was playing it, and I was disgusted and was ticked. And even though that final play was clear past interference, I don't care. Utah did not deserve to win. All right. But, like, and Jake Browning's an overrated quarterback, so I don't know. He's going to be there just because uh, I think the – and, yes, here's another name, too. Like, I'll go through a couple. Like, Jay Hill, Weber State, they obliterated Southeast Missouri State in the FCS playoffs. They have here's why this might make the best fit. Weber State is close to Logan, so it's not that proximity matters, but to get in and out, it's not like super easy to get to Weber State either. There's a mm-hmm. small airport there. It's there's logistics and stuff. But get Logan's another story. He's from the area. He coached at BYU. He's coached uh, at Weber State for a couple of years. I think he coached at Utah as well. So he's been around the state, and he's he's playing offense or having an offense that's really good. Like they almost went to the FCS title game last year. I think they lost to. Uh, I think James Madison, like a late, some 40, 40 to 40 game. He's offense mm-hmm. coach. He can come in. One guy you mentioned who made fun of you for the Fresno job, Morgan Scali at Utah. And I don't think he's done anything in the last couple of years to make me think that he's not a future head coach at somewhere. He's got to be. Because, and especially this year where Utah's had kind of an up and down year on offense. But if you look at what they've done on defense, you know, they're 16th nationally in far, as far as defensive success rate. They're just outside the top 50 as far as defensive explosiveness. And just by the more traditional numbers in the past two years, they've been second both times as far as yards per play allowed. Actually, this year, they're tied for first they are, with Washington as far as yards per yeah, play. Yeah, best, I think the best defense the Pac-12. And he's, and he's basically been doing it in a place that we already know they aren't getting the five-star recruits or the four-star recruits like USC or UCLA or, or Oregon are. So, but they that they do have a track record of unearthing stars. And his recruiting prowess before he became like he played at Utah during the festival year. He basically went to a, a minute, took he tried to go to the NFL for like a year or so. Was administration assistant, grad, G, a GA, safeties coach, recruiting coordinator, like in year two as being a coach. And he he was just a beast getting guys from Texas to anywhere when they're in the Mountain West. And now he's the Pac-12. And, and it's uh, one quick thing. People may say, oh, Kyle, what did him defense a guy? But he wouldn't get promoted and hang on to this job if there's a, any issue. You know what I mean? He would mm-hmm. He's doing a good job. He's been like promoted every year, and he's a uh, recruiting guy who's been nuts getting anywhere, and he's proven to be fine. Yeah, and if you go and look at the, the coaching salary database that USA Today has, he only made 525000 in 2017. Mm-hmm. So if Utah State wants to make him a, a generous offer that's similar to the contract that Wells had, nothing says he might not be interested in that. Yeah, and... Utah State gets eight hundred thousand from a buyout, so there's that mm-hmm. money too to use for whatever. And I don't know what Utah State wants. I listened to Hartwell on the conference call the other day. He's like, "Well, kind of." It's like I met, kind of joked about the generic thing, Texas Tech. He didn't say specific about a guy with head coaching ties. He wants a guy who knows the area, which is a big deal. But remember, he's at Troy as well. So he before, so there's a guy. Uh, I think Tro- Troy's OCs in the mix as well potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of names I mentioned really quick. Then we'll get, actually get to the title game. Uh, you got Elisa Tuiaki. Defensive coordinator BYU. He coached uh, at Oregon State with Gary Anderson and Utah State with Gary Anderson. And maybe even Ed Lamb, who's assistant head coach, I believe. He coached at Southern Utah for a while. FCS did some good things. Got a few guys to the NFL. And he's been at BYU for a while. And he was he really wants to be head coach. So there's another couple of guys. Um, outside of that, I, I mentioned with Logan just DMing for fun. I go, how about Bob Stitt? But he's at Texas State OC. I don't know if he would come to Logan. But people always want to see what he can do as a head coach, right? <laughs> Yeah, you never know. Never know. So any other names like we should consider, is that good enough for now? 
No, I think that's I, – I mean, I've, obviously, there's probably going to be more names coming out in the weeks to come, so I think we could probably leave it as it is. There are, and there's some bull stuff implicating Wells, if he'll stick around or not. We'll get to that when we do our bull show probably sometime early next week once we mm-hmm. get the bull announcements going forward. So are you ready for this, Matt? You ready? For, you've been waiting for a while to talk about this game, right? Let's do it. We're 15 minutes in. Fresno State, 19. Boise State, 16. Overtime. On the blue, first victory ever on the blue turf in the snow. Who doesn't like snow football? Everybody likes snow football. You are soulless if you don't like snow football. That's true. All right, so let's start with that a little bit because I think that was a big deal in the game. When the snow started happening, because we talked about precipitation a little bit, and like, oh, this could happen here, this could happen there. It may not be that big a deal. I don't think anybody's expecting, at least when we recorded, that this, the weather would be that big a deal. We knew it would be cold, a little wet. But when it started snowing like that, and Alexander Madison started getting realized you couldn't pass for at least two quarters of the game. Mm-hmm. I felt for me that Boise State was going to take over because they're just going to hand the ball off as they did to Madison the whole time and win because that's what happened last game. That's true. But conversely, the other thing that the snow happened to do was it took away one of the big things that really made the difference in the first matchup, which was that they had zero downfield passing game. That's right. It was very hard. You, Rippin only ended up, what was it, 15 of 31, I think it was? Yeah. 15 of 31, 125 yards and a touchdown. But more importantly, he only had two plays of more than 15 yards through the air. So while Boise was, like you said, more than happy to lean on Madison and it very nearly won them the game anyway, you know, we saw in the first matchup that, you know, being able to make those big completions down the sideline to someone like AJ Richardson was a huge factor. You know, in passing downs was one of the things that that we both talked about in the preview podcast. All right, I need to stop you real quick. Hold on. Breaking news. Boop, 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 Breaking boop, news. Boop. All right. It might be Gary Anderson. It might be Gary. Okay. Football scoop. Scott Roselle. Source Gary Anderson expected to be new head coach at Utah State. All right. All right. That apparently I could be wrong. Apparently I'm very wrong about this. <laughs> okay. Really, really quick. Um, nope. That's all. I'll, we'll write an article on this soon, soon to be, soon to go up on the site. But let's continue. Sorry, I just happened to see I had football, football scoop up, refresh, and it was there. So sorry, continue. Your no, game. no, that's fine. That's fine. But you know, the big difference was that, especially on the more obvious passing situations where Brett Ripon has basically lived and, and thrived all season long. It there was that was one of the biggest differences in this game because in the first matchup, for instance their average third down distance was less than five yards this time around they were basically even both teams averaged a little over eight yards per third down conversion and whereas Rippon was five of seven with three first downs in the first matchup this time around he was only four of ten so they had a lot of situations you know third and short and third and long where they just couldn't make the same kinds of conversions that they did before and there were several instances where Rippon was just a little bit off you know throwing down the field where a few weeks ago he might have been right on target and it's those little things that don't necessarily show up in the box score that made a significant impact on how the game unfolded yeah because they there's that first that I think before the snow started coming in, I think one of his long passes was it one of that first touchdown pass that slipped through the Fresno defender's hand. 
Yeah, that wasn't a great throw, by no, the way. It, it, it should have it should have been intercepted. To me, it was, at, it was reminiscent of the interception that Juju Hughes had mm-hmm. in the first game. Yeah, it should have either been knocked up, picked for sure, but it should have at least been like knocked down somehow. Like but to show, but to Sean Monster's credit, no that kidding. was a heck of a catch to yeah. keep his both of his feet down. Yeah, it was super close. But that was like the passing right. Like they could have passed. I like, tried to. What you mentioned the third down thing. One play. You know how to under, underrated game. I thought Jared Rice played really good. Oh yeah. Because not only did he have that key block on the op pitch option to win the game, but there was a one third. It's like we joked. Like was it like on fourth and ten or third and ten? Like or fourth and ten? Don't do a five yard pass play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had a fourth and long. A short pass play, and whoever was trying to tackle Rice just kind of had him wrapped him up perfectly fine, and just fell off him. I think it, that was Tyson Maeva. It was. It was making a million tackles before he he wraps up perfectly good tackle, and then like just falls off, and mm-hmm. Rice goes for like eight more yards. And so I thought about that. I'm like, what? But you're right. Like no passing. They finally got to pass. What was it late third quarter when the snow kind of uh, stopped a little bit? You could finally throw, but even then, it was still risky to throw the ball. And, you're right. Like, while Madison's great and was amazing, was player of the game, our, I think one of my big keys, like, one reason I mentioned Brett Rippin as when I put him on the uh, position battle, why I picked him, I felt he had bigger play capabilities. And that's, like, long gone if you can't have footing, you can't throw the ball down the field, you're running in smush, and Fresno, again, has a really good def- secondary. Well, not only that, one of the things that I think changed from the last game is that both offensive lines had instances where you know they were they were beaten by the guys up front like obviously Michael Walker had the the big game in the D he came away with the defensive MVP honors you know he had one of the big sacks he had two tackles for loss and 11 tackles overall and that was one of the really significant differences because they were able to keep ripping clean the first time around and even though they brought down McMarion a couple times themselves you know, those instances where Fresno State was able to get home, which coming into the game, that was one of my biggest doubts, was their ability to do that. Again, that was one of those those little things that made a difference. It was. So let me ask you this. Do you think um, – I didn't really – because the way I watched the game, I was watching live. I had some family over, like, we have to do this. I'm like, all right, I have to stop. DVR, so my eyes kind of sound on Twitter. <laughs> That's why I apologize. I'll recap on a Blake because I had to go back and tweak it a little bit or just post it for one of our guys, which is great, by the way. Quarter by quarter overtime breakdown. But going to, like, so go back and watch. I'm, like, trying to figure out, like, I wasn't live going through because I wanted to watch live, right? Who doesn't want to watch live, Matt, correct? Mm-hmm. So I just spaced what I was going to say. What were you <laughs> – I, I don't know what the deal is. I was going to comment what you just said. What were you – I don't know what the deal is. What did you say? We were talking about pass protection. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know what my deal is. I'm like thinking of something. I got this and then I don't know why I talked about not watching the game live and everything. That was weird. No, but you're right. Like there were – like getting to the quarterback. Like there's – oh, here's what I want to say about it. So protection was – how many sacks were there? Were there not many sacks, right? Uh, each team had two, two apiece. No, there's a couple. Like there were hits too. Sack. But oh, yeah. what, what I want to okay, I, I don't I, I I apologize. I don't know where I was going. I had something in mind and just smoke from my head. It's gone. So let's just move. Um, let me go to my next one. I guess about the line. Which you're right because um, there were a bunch of TFLs. And do you think it was? Let me kind of regroup here. Not sound like a dummy. Is there much to blame on the snow for that at all? For the footing or anything about either why, why it was good or not good for either team? Or they're both playing in it and it doesn't matter because you got to deal with it. Maybe a little bit. Especially, <laughs> especially in the especially in the middle of the game where it, 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 when the snow was coming down hardest, 
and it seemed like for long stretches they had the most difficulty driving the football. Yeah, because there was a stretch, I think, in the like late in the second quarter, basically all the way through the third quarter, where other than the missed field goal attempt that Boise State had, they basically had zero drives between them on both sides that went longer than 26 yards. You know, if, and if you look at the drive chart, especially <laughs> it right after <laughs> after Fresno's field, second field goal attempt, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out, four plays, three and out. And on Boise State's side, you know, there was eight plays, 14 yards, Minus the missed 10. field goal drive. <laughs> yeah, three plays, five plays, three plays. So I don't, I don't know if, the snow was that big of a, I mean, it was a factor, but I don't know if it was the biggest factor just because I would argue that both defenses just played they did. maybe the best games of the year. Like, yeah, even though it was punt, I was, it was still exciting to watch because not because it's snow, because it's always visually appealing to watch, but you saw crazy things happen. The, the fumble by Fresno State where it popped out of the guy's hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that had to do with it being cold or wet because looking about how he was hit, it just kind of popped out. So maybe that was the case. But debate, it's third and 10. What are you going to do? Are teams going to try the pass? No. Let's try. Let's just run the ball on third and 10. Or let's try a screen pass to Keisha Johnson where Tyler Horton basically almost picks it off with two guys on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that. So it was like, even though it's like, oh, three and out, three and out, whatever, it was still curious about, okay, can they run the ball? Will they have footing? Madison sort of did a decent running game. Hoke had a couple runs here and there throughout. But it's like they were always stopped and nobody's converting any fourth downs. It still made it exciting because – a, the defense is making plays, and B, the offense, you know what they're going to do and how can they how can they succeed when throwing the ball at that point in the game was literally off the table. I mean, yes and no. I think that Fresno had a little more success throwing the football through the air, even despite the fact that Johnson was uh, more or less yeah. bottled up. You know, he had That's 12 targets, but he only had six catches. And that one long of 32 is it. Well, I just mean, like, let me put it this way. Boise seemed to rather run the ball than pass it. Fresno was doing a, mm-hmm. a bit more to try to throw the ball. But regardless, it was still super safe stuff. Like, not that you want to go in 40 yards down the field every play, but it was really short stuff in the game, too. They don't want to just not mess up. But I'm not going to say it was anybody being conservative because of how tight the game was, but the weather had an issue of what we're calling it. And we saw it, and it's, I don't know, that's not what I kind of saw. I, felt, I did feel Fresno tried to throw more. But Boise, why would you try to throw when you have Madison, who ended up with 200 freaking yards? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 both ways, right? It's just kind of uh, it changed the dynamic of the game. But defense has played amazing. Like I think somebody put the score up. Was it you who put the combined score up the past four games? Yes. Or is what seventy eight, seventy four for Fresno? Mm-hmm. It, this game was crazy. And so was there a turning point in the game where you felt either team was going to get this? Like oh, let me let me back up real quick before I ask you that question. Can I give myself a pat in the back about special teams being an issue? I'll but, allow it. Good because I was correct on that, right? Mm-hmm. And did you see how many times Fresno? That who was the guy in the edge who got the block? He was in the screen like every single time doing Superman on every kick. Attack. That is uh, Matt Boateng. That's right, Boateng. And why? And after watching for a while, like whoever was playing that far right position for Boise State, did he even try to touch him or clip him or anything? They just let him run by every single time. Yeah, and the, even the broadcast was kind of the pointing final that one, out. Yeah. yeah. So also, do you, did you appreciate the or what do you think about that uh, run, running into the kicker? I mean, I didn't really have a problem with it. I mean, I know that there were a lot of people uh, complaining about the refs in this Why? game. Why? Why? I, I don't know. Say, I didn't say anything too bad. I don't know. I mean, and it was one of those things where, especially early, where on Boise State's first drive, 
you know, you, you we're talking about turning points in this game. One of the big ones right off the bat was Aaron Mosby getting called for targeting and getting injected from oh, the right, game. Yeah. And so I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, here we go again. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? Especially since that was something that led to a scoring drive. Or Yeah. Was it a scoring drive? No, it wasn't. I don't think so. But it was just one of those things or the fact that they got called for multiple false starts. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I just I don't know I it, it's hard to point to one thing because it seemed like there were I will a, a wealth of different things I'll say this the blocked extra point basically ended the game like well, had, more so than more so than that Asa Fuller yeah two field goals I I, I basically came out and said in our roundtable that mm-hmm. I didn't think I would trust him under any circumstances but that dude was that forty four yarder this game. I, I could barely see it go through my TV like is that it looks oh, good. Yeah. And it was clear. No, you're right, but that was a that was a, a, a ballsy move to kick it from that far out. And and that really, I guess, if I had to point to one thing, that was basically it. Because points. you had to get points. And that was one of the overarching stories of the first matchup too. Was that neither team was really able to seize advantage of all the scoring opportunities that they had, and that was especially true in this game too, because Boise State had six drives that went inside the Fresno state 40 and they were only, they were only able to score twice with both of their touchdown drives. Well, and the field goal it was too. just one of, well, I guess over well, the field goal attempt, mind. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just in regulation, they had mm-hmm. so many opportunities to make a play and they just weren't able to get it done. And I think that's a testament to how well the Fresno state defense played. Well, and also that final drive, they get inside the 10 yard line and they mm-hmm. could not, they stopped Madison. Finally, because he got the yeah. uh, the two plays for the first down. He runs again for a couple yards. He runs again, so it's, was it third and six? They mm-hmm. figured they'd get third and shorter, and then that pass Richardson, no good. And then the well, field that... goal, and so that's a, just a pretty big stand there, clearly, to hold to a field goal when you are when you have the edge well, that, of kicking. And the, fact that, and the fact that they won the turnover margin yeah, two battle one. Yeah. and got zero points out of it. There's that too, yeah. Because uh, Boise got a no, they did. Fresno got a touchdown after a fumble. Their first score. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Boise, Boise State. Oh, oh, sorry. Had oh, two I'm, turnovers. Oh, gotcha. Fresno State oh. won, but they got zero You're points right. out of it. Sorry, yeah, they had to the turnover on downs after that first fumble. That's kind of just <laughs> poofed, poofed out there. Because yeah, fourth and eight at the twenty-three. You don't trust your kicker to kick a sort of hard forty-yard field goal. That's, I mean, would you have? Was it snowing at that point? It wasn't snowing hard at that point either. It was still the first quarter. It was it was raining though. Okay, well, no, and, because... and that was and that was I believe after Fresno State had already scored its first touchdown on the uh, the the fumble that Brett Rippon had. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that was yeah because it was fumble touchdown touchdown couple punts then the ball that just mm-hmm. that was a fumble that just popped out They're like oh crap yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know it's like and at that point they hadn't missed a field goal yet so it's like we know the. Boise kicker is not amazing, but for I guess the rain because it because here's the thing it was wet snow too it wasn't like because I'm in the area it hasn't been super cold to make it where mm-hmm. it sticks and it's hard and it you know just the crunch and it's friction it was if you saw the close ups there was like balls of mush everywhere snow in the field yeah so it was slick it wasn't that hard crisp snow where it's not a big deal it's not not not, not uh, excuse me not a powder either because the rain is so mixed which is arguably wor- the worst possible field condition to play in. Because if it's just cold, cool, you can crunch. If it's just rain, 
it's okay. Everybody plays in rain before, but snow and rain, and it being cold, and you're trying to get your footing, and you don't have extreme confidence in your kicker. I don't know. Overall, this game was amazing. I love the game overall. Snow or not, it's like defense has stepped up. Like people say, I don't like defense. I love this game. So our buddy Daniel and Fresno, I like the defensive effort, but both teams here. <laughs> so here's another question I have, and maybe circling back to Alexander Madison for a second. He's good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> 40 carries, 200 yards. Oh, boy. Should they have let him back on the field after that hit he took from Jeffrey Allison? Say that again? Should they have let him come back into the game after that hit he took from Jeffrey Allison? I don't know. Um, when was that in the game? I'm trying to remember. I think that was in the, the was... first overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, because I remember he or maybe left. It was late in, or maybe it was late in the fourth quarter. No, no, it was regulation because I remember – He's just holding on. He's had, like he has his helmet on. He's sitting there on the sideline. At first, it looked like he had an ankle thing. Oh yeah, it was. I think it was their last drive. Yeah, last drive. It looked like the way he fell and slipped. There's an ankle thing, but it wasn't an ankle thing. He got took a shot in the head because when, mm. when you first see it, oh, he's head, and then you see, oh, he his left foot kind of went under buckled underneath a little bit. But it was. The, I don't. I, I don't know. Doc, doctor says he's ready to play. Put him back in there. He didn't look like he looked fine. He took what two carries in overtime. No, he took four straight carries in overtime. One, two, three. Oh, four, sorry. Oh, the first down. He, he looked okay. Like, he had a 10-yard run. I don't know. It's um, I, assume, I assumed he was looked at at some point, right? You have to. Theoretically, yeah. And so, I mean, I don't I don't know. I wasn't on the sideline. Yeah. yeah 19, I just know that there were a lot of people talking about that. It's always a concern when you look like a, a big hit. He did get um, – well, they had the ball first. So it's not like he had too much time just to relax or chill because – you had the coin toss, the that end of game type stuff where it's a five ten minute break. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I trust the doctors. I guess I, I'm assuming he's okay. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, I just I, the initial hit and the initial reaction afterwards just looked really bad. So I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. It's just that that first impression was so strong that it made me question why they let him back in. And maybe is it? It, may, it could be. I'm not saying like to um, just speculate. I'm not saying why. Maybe sometimes it does look worse than what it is. Sometimes it sounds worse because mm-hmm. if you get hit a certain way, it's a certain part of the equipment. It could seem like it's a major hit because of how loud it is or the angle. So, but maybe like I've had stuff where I've looked like I've fallen very bad and. Uh, I'm fine in like five minutes. Like it's not a big deal. He may be feeling it this morning and it may be feeling a lot more because 40 carries <laughs> in that weather. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I got to trust what they see on the field. And if he, if he's able to come back in, then he's able to come back in. No, I just, I was just curious what you thought. I, he, and it also, he looked fine too. It's not like he looked weasley or wobbly. Like he took the initial, anybody, even if it's concussion or not, you're going to have a little, Holy crap! What I got hit here? It's like okay, get up, take a second, gather yourself. Maybe that's the concerning look there, where well, he took him five minutes to get up off the turf, but when he came comes back in, it looks fine. But then again, that could just be adrenaline, and he's like, okay, I'm good. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Get back out there. So mm-hmm. it's I got trusters out there. I don't want to really question too much. And it wasn't like he was walking off the field and couldn't like he tripped over or something. He was okay leaving right. Mm-hmm. So. It just took him a minute to do, but yeah. Yeah, and he ran, eventually ran off the field, so it could have just been one of those things. You get a big hit. It's like, oh, whew, all right. Like, we've all had those before, right? Either fall down or trip, and I take a slide in the ice and snow out here. It's like, oh, give me a minute to gather myself to see what – it could have been – like, again, I'm just speculating. Like, I have I had a job like a year or so ago 
inside some big warehouse and you seen those photos of me in the ice cave whatever it was <laughs> last year mm-hmm. um there's a leak in the roof apparently and it froze over because i'm in this building that's 20 to de- 10 degrees so there's ice and it's gray so you don't see the ice because it's gray i slip feet fly in the air fall on my butt i sit down for a couple minutes i'm like okay am i hurt where am i hurt it could have been one of those things just kind of okay my arm's fine legs fine i feel a little thing here there on my lower back it could have been just one of those where he just wants to make sure because you took a big hit am I okay to move or something I shouldn't move? Or I don't know. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like that happens to people. You fall down. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it looks really bad. I'm like, crap. I saw my feet above my head falling down. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I'm just kind of, that's all I can maybe say about that because I, I've had those before where you're hurt or you think you're hurt and you're fine. Just give you a couple minutes to say, okay, my, I can move my feet. My knees are fine. I can, I can sit up here. I can do this before I actually get up. So I don't know. So what was your favorite moment of the game then, Matt? Outside of the five, the, <laughs> was it just a touchdown? Winning it? Well, I mean, I guess the touchdown, the pitch option to win the game. Was that it? it has to be right. Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe this seems like a cop out, um, but it is the easy answer Walk because I was on, sitting there for teams. I was sitting there for three and a half hours with just this like white the, knuckles. Like, <laughs> yeah, basically, like my chest was like really tight with anxiety because I was just I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop because. It, it, for such a long time, it had seemed like the same kind of game that, as Fresno State fans, we've seen this before, letting Boise hang around and things like that. But it's a credit to the defense that they never, you know, aside from the the game-tying touchdown that Alexander Madison had, they never gave them the opening that Boise State has usually found. And when you look back at the performance they were able to do, Boise State ran 86 plays against the Bulldogs. But the only performance on a per play basis that was worse in the last five years that, that, that the Broncos had last night, do you want to take a guess? The only offensive performance they had that was worse than that. For our Boise State? Yeah. Um, San Diego State. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And that, was that the same score to you? On a per, no, that was 19 to 13. Okay, close enough. But, if you go, but going back to 2014 – like I said, on a per play basis, that was the second worst offensive performance that they had. So, like, credit to Madison, but from my point of view, even more credit to the Bulldogs' defense. Yeah, because they, even at getting 200 yards, like, I'm going to say only five yards per carry, but he did it torched him. It was a just, I'm going to get eight yards here, six yards here. He had that one big touchdown run, which for me, I kind of felt when that touchdown went in, I'm like, all right, game's over. Fresno's going to lose this one because of that big play. Because somebody fight if somebody's going to break through for a big play in those conditions, you figured it was going to be Alexander Madison. Yes and no. I mean, he had forty carries, but eight of them went for more than ten yards. So I think that that's a pretty fair, okay, yeah, kind of chunk play percentage because uh, it's what one of one every five okay. went for at least the first down. I didn't think it's that many. I just kept maybe I don't know whatever. So, I was lost of mixed together. Okay, I apologize for that. But then again. I don't know. It's, okay, if you take those in there to play, how many only one or two yard plays did he have after that to give Fresno credit there? I mean, have... I wish I knew. I mean, I guess you have to compare that to the seven tackles for loss that they had. Yeah. But so... at the same time, a couple of those were, you know, not – that didn't have anything to do with Madison. Like there was the one third down quarterback draw that they had to Brett Rippon. <laughs> that was a really strange play call. Yeah, that was uh, unique, right, to say the least. Yeah. I also felt not just you mentioned quarterback draw on the on, in the overtime. I think it was the second play where they did the read option. I guess and gave it to running back. Mm-hmm. Had um, 
McMurray kept it. He had the the whole field in front of him take two steps and squawk it and score. I'm like, yeah. keep the ball. What are you doing? Like when I see that, I'm like, like. I well, started... I'm also I'm also oh. really glad that Boise State called the timeout in overtime. Yeah. <laughs> because the fly sweep was going to get blown up. Like it did already in that game too, a couple times. Yeah. So all right, let's switch it. Let's move it up. But uh, so, what else do you want to add? Because it's congratulations in the in the works, I guess. Your team. Well, yeah. I mean, I I didn't do anything. You're. Uh, well, <laughs> With it being a university and you went there and paid the money to go to school or get your something toward the university, you could say we a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll allow it. That's <laughs> true. I did, I did subsidize the program for seven years. There you go. How much <laughs> is that went to McMar- or not McMary, uh, DeRuder or <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I won't bring up his name. Sorry. Apologies. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So, um, any, uh, no, but seriously, anything else you need to add on this game? Are you good or? I think we're all set. So, um, bowl stuff, I guess. For a minute Let's here, do we don't know bowl stuff now. So first off, Las Vegas Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, is that something you want? You're going to attend possibly because last time you went, you didn't have the best experience. Well, no, I was. I had the flu. I think well, that was the USC game you went to, right? It was. Oh, so you had the flu and you watched the bad. 2013. Game. Yeah, and we lost, but you know I had front row seats. You did. And... I think I saw your TV, didn't we? Once. I don't remember. I don't remember. Either. I thought we may have. But I, I got the front row seat to see Darren Smith with his pick six back then. And that was that was a nice little moment. One moment in the game, sorry. <laughs> but it's going to be, a, you know, we obviously we aren't going to know for, at the time of recording, probably another 90 minutes. It's about 11 a.m. out here out west. And I think they're supposed to announce it sometime between 12 and 1230. Yeah, who knows what ESPN is doing with their eight-hour show. <laughs> but it seems as though it's going to be either Cal or Arizona State, that... or what most of the prognostications are saying. Does that... Do you like that at all? I like the potential narratives behind matchups with Cal. Because, Drew as you Drew? recall, Tim DeRuder is the defensive coordinator there now. And, perhaps even more surprisingly, do you realize Cal is basically like a top 20 defense? They are. Also, real quick, new playoff rankings out. Fresno 21, Boise 25. Are you surprised that Boise State is still in the top 25? Um, I'm surprised Northwestern's ahead of them. <laughs> because there's st- no, because Northwestern drinks. So no, um, I think Boise gets, as we know, a little more credit than people tend to see for, say, Utah State taking a while to get in or Fresno State taking a minute to get in. Um, no, I don't think so. Like, there, here's the reason why: not many games were played this weekend, so mm-hmm. there weren't as many opportunities for teams to come in. Um, Pitt dropped out. It looks like I believe they're, or were they even ranked last week? I don't remember. Um, here's really quick: it's 19 Texas A&M, 20 Syracuse, 21 Fresno. Northwestern twenty two, Missouri twenty three, Iowa State twenty four, Boise twenty five, uh, maybe Army. Right. I'd say I could maybe Army, but who their best wins over Buffalo and a close Oklahoma loss. So Boise's actually beat teams that were ranked at the time. I guess they beat Fresno once, which is ranked moment moment currently. Utah State was ranked at the time, but not anymore. So well, yeah. I only ask is because we didn't do a projection post this week. Uh, if I had, I probably would have projected Boise State into it. Um, but I, I think we both know that they, that the committee tends to take a dim view of whatever group of five team loses, even if it's to a top 25 team. Mm-hmm. Like we just saw it with Utah State where they were ranked ahead of Boise and they lost and they dropped one. out of the rankings entirely. Yeah. So I, I would not have been surprised if the same fate had befallen the Broncos, but I mean, I'm glad that it, it did. I'm glad that they didn't. Sure. All right. So here's, um, Here's what I put in my play for eight projections. You can yell at me if I'm wrong because people tend to do that sometimes. Um, I have, so actually, back to the Pac-12 game. Do, would you you prefer Cal over Arizona State? 
I mean, I think they'll both be good matchups. I think the Sun Devils, thinking back to how we talked about them in the preseason, defied both of our expectations. By miles. They, they, played, they played to win seven games this year. <laughs> um, all right, so here's what I have here. I, I did the rankings last night, my, or projections. We already know Louisiana Tech, Hawaii, good old whack rival, revived mm-hmm. for the Hawaii Bowl game. Um, well, it's not official for us is going to, to the Vegas Bowl. It's going to happen. Yeah, well, I already got an email saying okay. the tickets are available. For the Vegas so I'm Bowl? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Vegas Bowl. It would be for the Vegas Bowl? Yes. Oh, okay. Then that's official then. There you go. Official word from your email, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I put Arizona State just because it's a toss-up. I think Cal would be a more fun matchup because it would be a defensive battle. Arizona State can move the ball a little bit because they moved against Utah's defense pretty good to beat them a while back. Um, here's, a, here's a fun fact just to throw that out there, mm-hmm. the, the idea of a Fresno State-Cal game. Both teams, Fresno State and, and the Golden Bears, ranks in the top 12 as far as defensive S&P+. Plus. So it would be a 6-3 to three game. It could be, but it would be the it would be the most ferocious sixty three game you'd ever seen. Oh yeah, all right. So I I, I do like that matchup. Either matchup is fine. So I'm yeah. I'm good with that. I go to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Here's the thing: Boise State's they're not going to go there. It's very unlikely they'll go there. It just home team. They don't like to do that. They don't want to play there. They probably have some input. Uh, I put Utah State versus Buffalo, a pair of ten win teams. Oh my god, that would I would love that game. That'd be a good one. And even though Buffalo. Northern Illinois did a nice comeback to beat them in the Mac title game. This would be a good game because Buffalo is pretty good. Um, yes, they are. And then I'll skip my next one here. I don't know if you're looking at it, but then I go to the Arizona Bowl. Um, oh, did I forget a bowl this time? Oh, 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 I may have forgot one. Where did I put? Up? Oh no, no. Oh, so, let, let, uh, oh I missed we'll one. Talk to the Arizona Bowl. No, no, no. I missed the first one. I don't know why I scrolled by. Um, Mexico Bowl, Nevada versus North Texas. I would watch that game too. Because North Texas has some offense. Nevada has some offense. And the reason I put New Mexico here because the head-to-head over San Diego State. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just went to that one first. Um, Hawaii Bowl, I mentioned. Arizona Bowl. Arkansas State's already in there. I put San Diego State versus Arkansas State. I'd be down with that. Aztecs fans are not going to like that. But they, had they beat um, Arizona, I mean Hawaii or even Nevada, they'd probably be they'd be in the Mexico Bowl. Or I'd be fine with them playing in the boy, – Buffalo versus them, if that's the case. The Tucson's fun. a doable trip from San Diego, though. Yeah, it's not too far. So go warm. It's uh, after Christmas, which is good. Hopefully these guys don't travel on Christmas to get there, which is kind of a – some bowl games like the 26th, 27th, they don't like to go because they're there after during Christmas. Mm-hmm. They, they might travel Christmas night. I don't know, but we'll see. But that's a game. Again, Arkansas State's already locked in. And then the final one, looking for Boise State, looking around online what people are saying and options. I know Boise fans may not like this, but Craig Thompson already said either the Frisco or the uh, one of the Dallas Bulls could be in the mix. I went with the Lockheed Martin Bowl, which is December 22nd at TCU Stadium. American teams not going to have enough in there. Big 12, now at the playoff now because Oklahoma's four. SEC, probably not. So I put Army versus Boise State. I would watch that game, absolutely. Because we saw Army versus San Diego State last year, and we're like, ah, oh, San Diego State's got this. Not so fast. I'm pretty sure um, it would give Boise State some PTSD having <laughs> to deal with the, the option offense again. Exactly. But that would be a very fun game. You know, not only because of the contrast of styles, but because that would be another matchup for from where I'm standing. Lots of good defense. Army's played really well this year. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like Thompson's like, I want to match 10 teams versus 10 teams. So if Buffalo comes with Idaho, 
Army, assuming Army, does Army have ten wins at the moment, or they they get that versus Navy? I probably. think they're nine and two right now. They get Navy next week, so. and if they beat Navy, they would get to ten wins. Okay. Yeah, so it'd be a couple of ten win matchups. That'd be solid, right? I think if you gave me that slate, you know, if I had to grade that slate, I'd definitely give it at least an A minus. Ah, thank you very much. Because of the because of the games at the top. Yeah, I think they're all yeah. Even like yeah, all the games are fine. Like there's there's something to look at. Um, I think you'd prefer Cal. I think you'd give me an A plus if I put Cal in there, but that's about it, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty, okay. pretty much. So also the reason Vegas ball because stupid Memphis couldn't hold off a big lead over UCF. <sighs> okay. You 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 know what? If if absent any kind of like bowl tie-ins or conference tie-ins to bowls or something like that, if I had to choose one matchup that I would definitely want to see is I'd want to see Boise State against Memphis. Yeah, just to, just to watch the Broncos pound the Tigers, or and just and just prove how much of a fraud the American is to win like forty-one to ten, right? Can we talk about that game for a moment? Yeah, go for it. I watched decent decent amount of it. Memphis played that second half like the conference was cutting them a check. Oh, <laughs> that's a uh, hey. They are getting a check because they, UCF's in the Fiesta Bowl now. So that's what I mean. Like, what happened? To that team they ran for what 250 yards in the first half and i think had like 60 in the second half they had a total yardage advantage 402 to 348 Overall, and a lot of that had to do with no that was in the first half <laughs> okay i, I knew they, there was a lot of points so I, I was questioning that just to make sure and while there were only 10 of 12 or 66 yards through the air they had 336 rushing yards in the first half imagine madison running against that a Memphis team because UCF oh also came, UCF also ran the ball pretty well too. <laughs> and then they got outscored in the second half, thirty-five to three, and they got outgained two games or two yards to every one that Memphis had. The rest and they go were settling for and they were settling for field goals when they obviously needed touchdowns, and they were getting calls from the refs that I don't know. Like everybody was saying, like the fix is in. And I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe it is because there's really no excuse for Memphis to play the way that it did after halftime. It was embarrassing to watch. Did Mike Oresco make a call to the locker room? The American's a fraud. Heard it here first and forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to shut up about that because that was like the absolute worst half of, of football that I've seen any team play all season long. It's Man, I don't know what to do. It's What are we going to do? It's can't play them because you see i don't know you could play i'm just saying if, if i had the power to make that would happen i would absolutely make that happen just because i want to see the mountain west's best teams pants the bejesus out of the americans it's happened twice quote, unquote, already. quote happened, unquote quote unquote best teams it's happened three out of the past four bowl games i believe fresno over houston san diego state crushing cincinnati and then um san diego state obliterating houston the second half of the vegas bowl a couple years ago Mm-hmm. I just want UCF to just shut have them shut the crap up. Yeah, yeah. How do who do we call? Who do I call to make this happen? Who do we call to make this happen? Will Can Danny? We Can we call Craig Thompson? Or will Danny White take our phone call? Or are we blocked already? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't I haven't actually checked. I'm just saying. I don't know. Hey, you know what? You know what? Fresno State's got a got an opening on their schedule both next year and in 2020. Danny White, you call Fresno State. You set up a home and home, and then we'll see. All right. I... I just – do you really want to see a UCF-LSU Fiesta Bowl? <sighs> I mean, I guess if I had to. I don't know. Well, you're going to have to. You know what? I, mean, LS, I mean, LSU is not that good. That's the thing. 
they're, they're good defensively, and that's about it. Yeah. They're never good offensively. And then, did you see, like, isn't one of the bowl games Florida-Michigan? Like, are you, Is I, it? Or I haven't actually, I haven't well, actually it's a, looked. Projected since... to be. I'm like, really? Who's going to watch Florida-Michigan? I don't think that's a good game. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, whatever. Well, okay, so we got Texas. Have they still not announced it yet? Are they no, still dragging they're still out? The dragging out. Thing? It's likely going to be Texas, Georgia, and Sugar Bowl, which could be. I think that'll be a really good game because Texas. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. So Rose Bowl or is uh, Ohio State, Washington. Uh, we'll see. There, it's uh, whatever. We'll talk about this. Those games are Mountain West games this week, so I don't think we need to just hum and hob at the moment. But so for this week coming forward, we're going to do a bowl kind of first look and news items because. I'm, as we're talking, I'm kind of getting my Gary, Gary Anderson piece up and going really quick. So that looks like a thing, which is again, I I'm I'm I apologize for saying that's not going to happen because me and a million other people said that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So also, let me ask you about that really quick since I kind of broke in during the preview. Um, is Utah State being lazy by doing that? No, I don't think so. I kind of think it is. I don't like it. I could be wrong. I could be. This could be my my um, Jeff Tedford moment on Utah State compared to years of Fresno. Yeah. Like I'm not saying it won't work out, but it's just it seems a little bit lazy. Like similar, I felt the Fresno State coaching search was lazy too. Well, by by the way, one last bit of bowl news. Apparently, North Texas is official to the New Mexico Bowl. All right. See, I'm spot on. Look at that. M- Mountain West opponent TBD, but uh, we will have more about that it's in our next it. podcast. Yeah. Also, beware of the fake fair catch. Yes. And we'll be back sometime this week, talk some bowl stuff, maybe, who knows, midweek. We'll figure out when our schedules collide again. And by then we'll have um, we'll have some early previews, um, first looks, opponents, maybe do some Q&As, maybe some podcast interviews if things work out. But first off, Matt, I changed the header. Is, there, is that photo approved? Uh, yes, for, I approve of that photo. For our Twitter and Facebook photo I changed last night um, where it's uh, Tedford holding the trophy up high, proudly, as he should. And, yeah, that's it for the show. Check us out. Again, mwire.com. Facebook, Twitter, all that great stuff, MWC Wire. Uh, basketball, well, we got hoops in the works, so keep checking out for that. Me and Eli will be back probably next week. We're probably doing every other week during non-conference play, probably weekly start of the year just because it's an easier schedule to handle. And bowl games here. Matt, you excited? I am ready. All right, folks, until next time.